podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast, episode 217, I think. But not only that, the first live podcast of the season. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone in the chat. Hello, everyone who's watching it on Catch Up. <laughs> Lovely to see you all back. I am an anxious mess. I am absolutely shaking. You can't see me shaking, but I am. You might hear it in my voice. I hope you're all well. We're back again. Good evening to you all. If you're listening to on audio as well, um, if you're listening to us on audio only, hello to you too. I hope you're all well. I hope you're Enjoyed yesterday's game as much as I did. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. Hello, Paul. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Karen. Hello, Stefano. Danny, the GFP's in there as well. Um, all the people. Oh, look, it's great to see. Oh, Robert Stevens, Barry. Yeah, Cole. Hello, Cole. Sitting downstairs, I would imagine. <laughs> Patrick, great to see all the regulars come back. Hope you're all very well, and it's great to see you. What a game yesterday. Another win um, that keeps us at the top of the Premiership for another week. Four out of four. Amanda, how are you? Very good. Very good. Four out of four indeed. It's great, isn't it? It is absolutely great. Danny, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm tickety-boo. Thanks for asking. That's all right, mate. No problem at all. And Mr Chris, how are you getting on in my home county of Essex, mate? How, how is it down in Essex? All good? Either. It is fabulous, my friend. It is fabulous. I have my nice blank sheet of paper to write notes on for when Amanda says things that I fundamentally disagree with, like <laughs> Granite Jacker chat. So, you know, I'm ready to go. Pen, red paper, ready to rock. I love the pen and paper. I used to get criticised for that on another pod, but I love a pen and paper. Go have a pen and paper. Go have a pen I'm and paper to write down all the interesting things. <laughs> and he's not allowed pins. No, is that because you draw on the walls, Danny? What have we told you about that, mate? <laughs> I actually put a knitting needle through my nostril as a kid, so I'm not allowed pointy things. That's <laughs> true, dude. Stabbing a cushion with a double-ended knitting needle went right up through my nostril. Oh, actually, God. Mark, who used to be on the podcast, um, he's not allowed pointy things either because like, some of you know we went to school together and um, in science class he put a metal pen into a plug socket once. <laughs> Oh, oh. I do that again. And he got a bang. He got a bang off it. It was so funny. I'll never forget it. It was one of those metal, metal, metal um, Parker pens, all metal all the way through it. And he was just sitting there. And all of a sudden, he just heard this bang. And Mark's just sitting there. <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was so, so funny. It was the memory of just looking at him sitting there with the big, what just happened there look on his face. It explains a lot, brilliant. though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, but I'll tell you what. We had such a good time at school, me and Mark. Such a, such a good time. Played youth football together all the way through our lives as well. Um, but anyway, Amanda, let's get back to yesterday. Another 2-1 win. Talk to me about from the front door to the turnstile. What's it like around the Emirates Stadium at the moment? What's the consensus? It's just a phenomenal atmosphere. It's buzzing. I was outside the armory. Listen, I'm not normally here that 
uh, there that early, an hour and a half before kickoff, there were thousands and thousands of people out. Everyone's happy. Everyone's chatting up the team. Everyone's talking about what the possibilities are. Everyone's got a smile on their face. And it's just fantastic to see. And even sitting, you know, when, when you go inside and, you know, the buzz, you can honestly, you can just feel the vibe. It's a really, really good vibe. And it's, and I think people, and I, I you know, you know, I do have a problem in my life where I generalize and I don't mean it. I say that now. So if I say everybody, I don't mean everybody. I generally mean a lot of people. So I often say that, but it seems everybody is just happy. And I think a lot of people have realized that actually supporting the team and not booing the team is helping the team. It's like the light bulb switched on because we've, we've you know, our own goals, Gabrielle messing up yesterday, I nearly used a naughty word. All it was, as soon as anything like that happens now, is complete support around the ground. There isn't any, well, I mean, obviously I sit in the stand up and I know I can hear, a, a, you know, a few hundred around me say, but I don't hear any like stick being thrown out to what Gabriel did. He made a mistake. He he knew. He put his top over his head and he just went. And Ramsdale went straight up to him and we went, all right, yeah, you know what? Um, you made a mistake, but we've got to get on with it. And then there's three points at stake here. We were, all, you know, one nil down, down to him. But the but the support is just beautiful. It really is. I mean. I, I don't know what it was like being in the ground yesterday, but I mean, me and my daughter watch it and I, I always turn up the volume because I love to watch the football. I used to, years ago, we used to have, I used to have speakers all around the front room and I used to bang it up and pretend that I was there. But I don't know if anyone remembers when you, the, the first Sky Boxes came out and when all this Sky Football started, first started, there was actually an option where you could turn the commentary off. Brilliant. Yeah, and you could just have the crowd noise, no commentary. And I can remember even at home when I lived at, when I lived at home, Dad had these two big speakers. You know, the parents—they've all got these tower hi-fi's. We used to turn the commentary off and up with the up with the hi-fi because he'd wire it all up. Close, it was it was be like being there. But I mean, the noise in yeah. that round yesterday. Well, I sent you some videos, didn't I? Yeah. And no word of a lie, I I don't put any effects on it or anything. I just video it and. It is the loudest I think I've ever heard the Emirates, but this is constant now, Craig. This mm. isn't just, you know, at, at one nil down, we are singing. And I made a point that when you watch match, that Chris, it's very disturbing. You keep agreeing with me. Everything is going like this. I can't help myself. On? I'm just, I'm just enjoying on? it. I'm enjoying this. Keep going. I was, um, I was watching match of the day last night, and when Liverpool were at six or seven or eight nil, their their crowd. When I, I know word of a lie, we're silent. If this was us and we went six or seven, we would be, oh, bye, Chris, we would be congering in the aisles. We would be going mental because that's what we keep, that's what it feels like. The, the noise is so loud. All of you, I know you weren't there yesterday, Chris. It's so loud. It's amazing. It's just like, and what's fantastic is it's not just the North Bank. You've got to watch the clock end. The clock end lower tier behind the goal. I took a picture of it yesterday. I call them the clock end ultras because they are just brilliant. What those boys are doing there 
all in their black tops. It is it is brilliant. They're actually, I'm going to say this quite quietly, they're actually louder than North Bank at times. And it was just brilliant. And, and behind me, behind me started off the Saliba song yesterday, very early on, because I thought it was the North Bank singing. It wasn't. It was behind me in the East End Upper. So big up to them. It's coming everywhere. It, it, it really is. And, and, it, and let me tell you, the boys on the pitch can hear it. Mikel and his staff can hear it because Mikel often comments about how the supporters are helping everybody. I've always said it, you know, it's the old adage, isn't it? We've got to be the 12th man. And, and, and we are, we are being that. And it's just fantastic. And I'm loving watching the generation of the Clock M boys, you know, young boys, young girls, all going mental behind the goal. I watch them so much and it's a big up to them. And, it, it's just an, it's a wonderful place to be. And I even think if we lost a game, I think it still would have that that vibe. This one coming in from uh, Ashley. Ashley's another, <laughs> Ashley is another old school friend of mine. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Thanks very much for coming along and supporting us. Uh, he'll back me up on that story about Mark Partridge sticking the pen into the, <laughs> um, into, into the plug inside his glass. I still... <laughs> Sorry, I know I keep going on about it. But Danny, yes. um, yesterday was like, before we get on to the game, that goal that we conceded, absolutely against the run of play, a, a silly goal to concede, um, an awful error from um, Gabriel. Not too sure I'm quite, I wasn't, I'm not too sure I was quite impressed with the pass either, really, from Saka straight across his own box. But look, that comes in, that comes up for another conversation. But the way they reacted to going one nil down, Amanda is absolutely correct. As soon as that goal hit, the, as soon as that goal hit the net, you couldn't hear the Fulham fans cheering. All you could hear was the Arsenal fans riling them back up. And I've never seen that before. I've never heard that before in the Emirates. Uh, Rams, Ramsdale going over to him, come on, son, pick yourself up. The captain going over to him, pick himself up. All these different players going over to him. And you know, and and trying to get his confidence back up. Come on, we you know we we have to pull this goal back now. I haven't seen that in an Arsenal team, Dan, for a very very long time. Nor have I seen the Emirates react like that before. True, it, it wouldn't have been that long ago that if something like that would have happened, all the players around there would have just put their heads down and walked back to the halfway line. And, and maybe one of them would have kicked something or shouted at the others. And they've just gone like naughty school kids and they don't do that anymore. And that, that sack of ball, that was a hell of a ball. It's one of the best passes of the game. So, but why why would you clear it from the right-back position over into your, to your centre-back? I mean, it's not really Gabriel's job to to bring a lofted ball down and then do a little bit of Brazilian magic and lob it out somewhere. He probably thought, whoa, what are you doing? Don't do that. That's not my job. I mean, if anything, you want to pass it along the floor or something in uh, in... in uh, any other situation is a bit weird why he done that, but it just shows how Arsenal are at the moment. Last time we saw Saliba score an own goal, everyone cheered him, and then Gabriel did that. The, the crowd cheered him again. It's, it's we see in the documentary the the, the all or nothing, that um, team unity and uh, togetherness that that he has built there, and we're seeing that on the pitch. We got bits of this last season. That's what he was talking about. He didn't want people who were going to cause trouble at the club. And then we see the documentary and now we see it happening on the pitch and it's all going, yeah, you're right. It works. It's brilliant. It's nice to see. Absolutely. Chris, um, 
people a lot on social media. I know we got the celebration. Police were out in force last night. You know, Richard Keys, Richard Keys, Richard Keys, and Andy Gray, and you know, and not just them. There was a lot of others. Um, you know, saying, "Oh, look at Arsenal celebrating a two-one win against a newly promoted side." This, that, and the other. Uh, Fulham were Fulham were much better than them. Now I've got a problem with that because I don't think Fulham were much better than us. I I, I think we were completely dominant, and I think we were completely the better team. On another day, in my opinion, Arsenal would have scored five or six, and and, and it's game over. You look at the chances that we had that we missed. You know. Leno's had some easy saves to make. Well, we've made it easy for Leno to make the saves. You know, there was chances there that um, shots could have got off, but they didn't. I think Arsenal were the fire better team yesterday, Chris. Or am I just mental? No, you're not mental at all, mate. Let's 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 run some numbers. Seventy-two percent possession. What Premier League game has one team with seventy-two percent possession? That's Arsenal, by the way. Fulham with twenty-eight. Arsenal had twenty-two shots attempts at goal all right only eight on target it wasn't our best day you know burnt leno's made eight saves yesterday this was a game in which fulham came to effectively frustrate they came to try to catch us on the break and let's let's in our brains just quickly just replay the match over like th- over the next minute as to what actually happened the, the goal that they scored was because of an Arsenal mistake. Now I've got a, I've, I've got to make some comments about Danny and uh, Danny's comment about uh, it being Saka. My view, my view, is that yeah, Saka's ball was a bit, mm, but most I think ninety percent of this is on Gabriel because he's got a few touches. He can get that out of his feet and get it away. So I personally think that Gabriel's got his hold his hold his hands up. I love Gabriel to bits. I think he's a brilliant centre-half. I love that we've got him. And I love the response and the resilience, you know, and I love that he was the match winner because it's almost a bit like a bit like the Saliba own goal. Saliba gets an own goal, the response, he plays brilliant. Following week, bangs in an absolute worldie. It's fine. We're cool because this team is confident and they're looking after each other. And if you think about what Erdegaard said after the match, he's like, if one of us makes a mistake, it's not just the individual that needs to step up is everyone that needs to rally around them, put your arm around that guy and say, don't worry, lad, we're going to sort you out. So as soon as as soon as soon we saw Odegaard score that goal, you could just tell that like, the team, they're together. They're unified. So yeah, uh, going back to your original point, Marcus, Marco, Marco Silva also said that he hinted that we were lucky. No, mate. We dominated that game from start to finish. They profited on a mistake at the back which, again, Gabriel needs to learn from. But ultimately, this was a dominant Arsenal performance. We could have been better in being a bit more clinical, maybe. But I also think we need to give some props to Fulham because I've watched Fulham a couple of times now. This is not a poor Fulham team. This is People are playing the newly promoted card. That team, from what I've seen, is finishing mid-table. That's you, you You could repackage Fulham as a... Aston Villa or something like that, a mid-table team from what I'm seeing, I think they're going to cause problems. They've got a draw against Liverpool. They're going to cause problems from teams. They've got a good, very, very functional setup. They know what they're good at. Mitrovic is a handful. And that was a good result yesterday. And let the celebration police get in the bin. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry. Rant over. 
My unsung hero, well, I have two unsung heroes from yesterday. Obviously, one, the one unsung hero, first of all, was Aaron Ramsdale. I thought those two saves that he pulled off, um, you know, people talk about match-winning goals. They were match-winning saves. Um, again, you know, didn't didn't have terribly too much to do, did he, yesterday? But when called upon, um, was absolutely magnificent. But Amanda, I suppose the man we need to talk about, the man that you gave same old Arsenal, podcast man of the match two yesterday was Martin Odegaard. Again, another fantastic performance from our captain, not just with his feet, but a, a, a real captain's performance yesterday. Again, I'd like to, re to repeat about you know what captains are supposed to do when the chips are down and what captains are supposed to do when an individual makes a mistake. He was, again, absolutely immense and he is only, only going to get better. It's getting better every game. I just... <laughs> I just adore him. He's immense on the pitch. His skill is, wow. I just love watching him. Um, someone actually said that they thought that Dennis Bergkamp had a child in Norway. <laughs> I thought that was actually quite funny. He's not up to that level yet. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I, I love watching him. I love, I love watching him. I love what he makes happen as well. I love that he's captain. Totally the right choice. Um, you could not not give him man of the match yesterday. Um, and, and just to go back on what Chris said about Burn Leno, though, or Danny did, I, I thought he was man of the match for Fulham. He, mm. he saved everything. And and that often happens when you come back to a club, isn't it? You just want to prove your point. He's always been a good goalkeeper for us. There's no doubt about that. He saved bloody everything. And they were a good side. Um, it's funny, isn't it, that we can't celebrate against Fulham, but apparently Spurs, who beat Forest and were very average and very lucky, got a heartfelt uh, win against the newly promoted side. It just seems the agenda. It, 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 uh, you know, I've never really been cynical about stuff like this, but Harry Kane and Tottenham are just absolutely adored. Where, you know, we worked our socks off yesterday. It didn't fall for us in the first half. It just didn't. Nothing was falling for us. The football was sublime, but the prod, the end product wasn't there. Um, and Erdegaard tried his best to make that end product there all the time. He's involved in everything. He doesn't stop. End to end, he doesn't stop. So in my head, he was man of the match 10, 15 minutes before the end of the game anyway. I've, I looked at Carl and I said, he's my man of the match. And I forgot that you wanted it on full time. I'd have given it to you then. For me, <laughs> I actually was like, I'm, I'm in awe of him. I love him. But what, what you said is correct. He's only going to get better. What he brings to that team, we just thank our lucky stars. He decided to sign for us. The best description of um, Martin Odegaard that I saw yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm really I'm scrambling to try and find it, was from Bergkamp and Bergkamp on Twitter. Fabulous account. If you're not if you're not following it, I love him. Um, yeah, I love go him. go and go and follow it because um, he's absolutely fantastic. And of course, my notifications won't let me go back that far for some reason on Facebook. But I think he just uh, uh, Danny he described Martin Odegaard as what we wanted Mercer Ozil to be, but with a pair of balls. <laughs> yeah, Would you agree with that? didn't shy away when things aren't going right and uh, people have been on at him at the first couple of games of the season going oh he's not that much he's not that good we, we need to get someone else in people wanted Madison and and we all said just wait just wait like people are going oh Saka he's not doing anything just wait 
Martinelli is the, is the showboat at the moment for the first couple of games. And then it's been Odegaard for the next couple of games. And then Saka it'll be. And then it'll be Jesus. And then this will just rotate between the whole team. We want that. We want one player to be outstanding per game. You don't want them all turning it on and smashing someone 9-0. And then the next week losing 1-0 because yeah. no one's turned it on. You just need all of your players to be playing good, but then you need one to be outstanding on the day. And at the moment, we have usually got one or two that are outstanding on the day. I mean, the amount of work that Jesus is doing, as and he's not even scoring that many goals. Was he got two two out of four? Odegaard's got three. But it's just it does so much other work. Like we've had so many strikers over the years where unless you give the ball to them in in the last third of the, the box, they're not going to do anything with it. And like we were saying with with Urzel, incredibly lazy player and uh, as soon as things don't go his way his head's down and he's got the arse and the um the only one we had in recent years that would really go and chase everything was Sanchez and, and yeah. it's like we've got a load of Sanchez's on the pitch at the moment mm. they all want it they're all gonna if, if things go wrong they're gonna play harder they're gonna get more in I mean Sanchez was a bit terrible with the constant balls that he used to give away and constantly being out of position but it's uh, and, for, and for tyranny and, and them just to come in and, and step into that team like they've been playing with us uh, every game all season. Um, and also, I don't know if you're going to come to this bit yet, but the substitution when we went 1-0 down, I've still got my notes on the show yesterday. We conceded that goal on 55, 60th minute, Craig. He brings uh, Eddie on for Kieran Tyranny. We go uh, a back three, two up front in a 3-5-2. That took four minutes to do that. In the Wenger days, if we went 1-0 down, we know we're bringing on Elneny. Or someone like that. <laughs> yeah. He makes positive, influential um, substitutions that are going to change the game. He does it game after game after game. And Eddie may not have scored, but he went up there and he caused havoc for people. He certainly did. Chris, before I come to Eddie, because again, he was he was obviously number two of my unsung heroes. How good was Odegaard yesterday, in your opinion, Chris? And and what a signing. As it says here, um, £35 million, Cole says. £35 million in this market, in today's market, when we're seeing players move for extortionate amounts of money, average players moving for extortionate amount of money. I mean, £35 yeah. million. Pounds. I mean, God, what a sign. I mean, I could probably uh, just take over the entire podcast now and talk about my Martin <laughs> card for the next 40 minutes. I am I am the inaugural president of the MOFC, which is the Martin Odegaard fan club, because I think this footballer is it's like having silk it's like having a silk shirt against your body it's just the soft silk it just feels it feels nice it feels nice having martin erdegaard in our team it is silky it is smooth you just feel comfortable when he's on the ball it's amazing i loved it and um i'm gonna just say it right now if you if anyone follows me on twitter and is watching this just go on to my pin tweet Martin Erdegaard is going to have an absolute storm of a season. I'm just, I think he is going to do that. And after one game, after the Palace game, and then after the Leicester game, there's a couple. Again, I'm falling into the Amanda trap, as Amanda, you said, like generalizing. There's a there's a few people, probably a small minority, that said, you know, Erdegaard, Saka, you know, it's not clicking, it's not working. It's not about that. It's about balancing. It's about having a team that. <laughs> can step up in different points. It's about, okay, this week it's not quite working on the left-hand side because there will be weeks where Mar people teams will suss out Martinelli and... You right there, Craig? I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Sorry. Craig just wants to look at himself. Yeah. If you're listening to this, 
if you're listening this through the audio medium, then you have no idea what he's talking about. But Greg is zooming buttons. in on himself because clearly he's decided I look quite sexy. So it's I all about me. My <laughs> People who listen on audio listen on audio for a very good reason. Um, and probably <laughs> is because <laughs> far from sexy, Chris. Far from sexy. Amanda, um, as Danny rightly says, the, the substitution to bring on um, Eddie, and what a substitution it was, because as again, as Chris touched on and Danny touched on, he is my unsung hero um, from yesterday. He was absolutely superb when he came on. He caused so much trouble to that Fulham defence. He was the reason... I believe, you know, he was, for me, he was the reason, one of the reasons we won the game. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. And there's a big question now that people are starting to ask. People are saying yesterday, um, so, some people have said that they thought that Bakayaro Saka was the worst player on the pitch yesterday. I would agree in the sense that he didn't have a very good game, but the worst player on the pitch, probably... Probably a little bit too harsh on him. But there is this there is this thing about, you know, should Saka sit out um, or should Arteta rest him against Villa um, midweek? And is that a role that Eddie and Ketia could take on, do you think? Yeah, do you know, I was... Um, there's not many times you go on your phone at the Emirates anymore because it's too interesting to watch everything. But when we had a, there was an injury or something and I kept seeing that people were saying Saka was having a, an awful game. I, I don't know what I was watching. I wouldn't say it was one of the best, but it wasn't terrible. It, it just wasn't falling for him. But does he look tired? A little bit. Um, could he be rested Wednesday? If Listen, when you look at the bench... You actually get excited. You actually get a little tingle, which we haven't had for a long time. You look at there and you go, oh, he could come on. Oh, he could come on. I think he, I think he's, I don't think he's terrible at the moment. I just think maybe resting against Villa wouldn't be a bad thing, keeping for United. Um, I don't really, I don't really see what everyone's seeing. So I'm going to have to disagree. I don't think Saka's as bad as, what people are saying. And and to be honest, we I, I don't really focus on that at the moment. I wouldn't have looked there and gone, Erdegaard was the best player in the team and blah, blah was the worst player. I don't think we had that yesterday. You, you could argue what Gabriel did. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Saka's ball to him wasn't great, but no, I don't think so. But, but if you want to talk about Eddie, yeah. And this is what I love. And Danny's totally right. You know that we would have gone 1-0 down and we know Wenger would have waited to the 70th minute and possibly wouldn't have brought on Eddie. Maybe Eddie would have come on at the 80th minute. This is the difference. This is the difference with Mikel and his positive tactics, as I call it, is that it was a risk going through at the back. It was at times, but it paid off and Eddie changed the game. People, um, um, unless you have watched this whole game, you don't realise how much he changed the game and attacked that defence and gave us a different um, outlet. And I, I, I honestly say this, I know he didn't score, but if he wouldn't have come on, I don't even know what would have happened, if I'm honest, if we would have got a draw, let alone a win. Um, but that that's down to Mikel, but that's also down to Eddie. And what is lovely about this, we have got strength in depth. And that's why we won the game yesterday. 
That's, I mean, Tonight. people forget. People forget we were probably missing two of our most influential players so far yep. this season. Anyway, Inzenko and Thomas Partey, um, both out injured. Funny story about it. When we scored the winner yesterday, I was sitting downstairs watching it with my daughter and I said, look at that fella run on the pitch celebrating with all the players. I'm surprised the stewards haven't had him away yet. So <laughs> <laughs> many people have said that. <laughs> I thought it was some <laughs> random fella who'd run on the pitch. Have uh, you not seen the video of Sinchenko through the game? Oh, yeah. Seen it's it. brilliant. You know what? A West Ham fan tweeted that and he's got thousands and thousands of gooners retweeting and he's saying, I'm not a gooner, <clears throat> but that's what you want your new players to act like. I couldn't believe it. I thought it was someone, because he had a black top on. He'd just come running down the, the, the pitch. Yeah. I thought, who's that? It, he run the length. The half, the, he's run half the pitch to get down there. You know he had my Amazing. heart after the first game, Zinchenko. That's the sort of player you want in your side. Absolutely. Can I, can I just jump can. in just quickly on Saka? I think there's a few things that just pop into my mind. So... I don't think he had the best of games yesterday, but why don't we change it so it's not he had a terrible game, but he had the least best game of mm. all of the all of the players yesterday? Because let's face it, we dominated Fulham yesterday, and all right, we weren't at our scintillating best. It wasn't as great as Bournemouth, although Bournemouth last weekend, this weekend, obviously given an absolute pasting. So I prefer to call it it was the least best because. He still contributed and he was still good. You know, he still created chances. But I just think from my perspective, like maybe everyone else is stepping up, whereas previously seasons at times last season and maybe even the season before, 20-year-old Bukayo Saka was like holding our team together. Let's bear that in mind, 20 years old. He turns 21 like, next week. He turns 21 like on the 6th of September next week. So we've got like a kid who has at times in the last two years been carrying our team. So there's some perspective there. Like at 20 years old, like I didn't even know what my flav favourite flavoured ice cream was. So that guy is, he's delivering in an Arsenal show. I mean, that's amazing. I wonder if perhaps he, maybe he's trying, he, uh, tomorrow, sorry, yesterday he tried to force it a little bit. Don't know, maybe, but you know, I'm cool with that. And the reason I'm cool with that is because Mikel has built a team where there's balance and there are other players that can take the burden. We're not just looking at Bakayo Saka to do the business. So uh, just a really, really quick sort of a, a Wivenhoe reference. So I watched my little nephew today to play football, to play football. He got his team got to the final. They lost it in the final, but there was one kid on the other team that basically scored all the goals. And this other team essentially relied entirely on this kid. The reason this other team won the competition was because of this wonder kid. Bakayo Saka has been our wonder kid at times. We've got lots of wonder kids now. So what's not to like about that? So for me, not a problem. He's not been he's not had the best of starts for his for his level and for how amazing he is and for his elite level, but that's still good. He's still delivered. So from my perspective, I'm not stressed. There's going to be games where he's going to be amazing. There's going to be games, much like we had Erdegaard at the beginning of the season, people were saying, oh, what's happened to Erdegaard? Well, guess what? Yesterday turned up man of the match performance. We're going to get that from Bakaya Saka. Danny, um, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning to, I'm leaning to, I think I'd like to see him have a rest against Aston Villa. But then, of course, 
there'll be other people there'll be other people saying that you know Aston Villa could be the game you know for him to Aston Villa could be a game where he could be absolutely superb but I I do think he looks tired I really really do and I think a rest would do him well um against Aston Villa but somehow I don't think he'll get it um what about yourself yeah, plus you've got to think Aston Villa have got some bastards playing for them. They've got Tyrone Mings, who's an absolute beast. And you've got that um, Scottish one, is it McCann or McGinn or something like that in midfield. I'm not sure I want our star player, our, our diamond in the crown, to be going there and to be kicked and shoved and fouled and punched the entire game. And we've seen that in the under-21s, because the under-23s are now the under-21s again, that Fabio Vieira has been playing on the right-hand side. Marquinhos has been playing on the right-hand side and scored a few goals. So we've got plenty of options. Smith Rowe can come in and play on the right, or Smith Rowe can come and play on the left, and Martinelli can play on the right. Um, it, it did look a little bit tired, but I agree with what, what Chris was saying. I remember when we used to sign new players, and I'd, I'd jokingly say back in the day, how long before the rest of that team bring Sanchez and Ozil down to their level? Because they're sure it's not going to bring those useless scumbags up to their level. And now we've got a whole load of players that have come in that are as good or if not better than the players we already had. And Jesus and Zinchenko, they're bringing the players up to their level. I mean, how, we've waited so long for party, having a good game, having a bad game, having a good run, having a bad run. All these great players around him is going to bring everybody up. And that's the kind of thing that I hope. But I'd, maybe Saka does need a move. But Chris was right saying he was still doing his stuff. A couple of a couple of chances and then he would have scored a goal. I mean, he got an assist. I think he, he's had pre-assists. He's got all of those things. He's not doing anything different. It's just not working out. He's getting stopped. He's running down. He's going down the right, cutting in on his left, putting in crosses, zigzagging from people. And you can tell Arteta is, is a tactical genius because three times yesterday he's, he got those who swap wings. And things weren't working. Uh, I think we were mainly attacking down the right-hand side in the second half. And he was going, right, you, you, you go over there and have a cover. And then for a little while, he played Saka um, left wing back when we went to a back three. And he realised that wasn't working. And he put Xhaka there and then moved him over. And later in the game, he brought Tommy on and played him there. He can see when a player is flagging or, or got someone not, not letting him play his game. And he'll move him around. And that is so... I mean, Wenger used to say, we play, this, we play, our, we play our game no matter the opposition. Where Arteta is going, I'll adapt to my formation to the opposition during the game. And you think, wow, it's so refreshing. Modern, we have got another person who's, who's, who's um, um, renovating, modernizing the, the game with the tactics and the way that he views it, or like Wenger did in his first 10 years. Absolutely. Like I go back to what Chris said earlier. I thought Fulham were, I thought Fulham were good yesterday. And I thought they'd yeah. come to the Emirates and they caused us, you know, they caused, they did cause us problems attacking and getting forward. And they'd done a job on Saka and they'd done a job on Jesus and they'd done a job on Martinelli. Um, so, of course, when things are not going your way, you can get a little bit frustrated. And, and I think it's, I think Bakayaro Saka having a quiet game was credit to whoever was marking him, to be honest. Um, so, well, not only that, Craig, you know, we've won four games. We don't need to discuss Saka's um, input for the game. We don't need to. You could discuss Martinelli's input then. I, I don't yeah. think it's necessarily important to discuss this. I think that, that's just one. It's just because I felt, you know, I felt he got a bit of a bad rap on Twitter last night and Facebook and stuff. And I, I he did carry us completely last season. I think, um, People have short minds, not short minds. Short memories. That's the word. Short legs. memories. As Chris, as Chris rightly pointed out, you know, it is a you know, it is a short memory. You know, people do have short memories, but 
The game finished in our favour, and I don't think I've ever been so happy for a footballer in my whole entire life, well, this season anyway, um, than, than I was for Gabriel. When I saw it was Gabriel that scored the winner, I was up off my sofa. I've been off work for two weeks with a bad back. I've done myself in getting up to celebrate it, so thanks for that, Gabby. I know you do watch us, so thanks for that. Um, so, so happy, Amanda, that it was Gabriel that scored the winner. So, so happy. Well, as I said, from villain to hero, um, I love him. Do you know what it is? When you love your team, and this is no disrespect to previous plays we've had in the last eight, ten years, but I don't think people had the love for someone, say, like Mustafi or, you know, players like that so much. But we are totally back in love with the Arsenal team. And you just... It's like when you may not always like your family but you'll always love them deep down but when you like and love them you just want them to do well and of all people to score you would have wanted it to be Gabriel because he felt awful you could see but and he and he and he tried his best and and that moment when he scored and you know you do have the fear of VAR it's it, when you're in the ground it, you know you don't get the replay that second so you don't know what's actually happened in front of goal, even though that's down my end. Was it a handball? Was it a push? Was Leno pushed? He was on the floor. And, and, but but we did actually go mental. I normally hold back because I can't bear with the VAR, but I actually went mental. We all did. The whole ground did. And I will speak for everybody there, except the <laughs> Fulham fans. Um, and then he runs off to the corner flag and then I'm going, oh, my God, VAR. And I was like, no, please don't do this. It's three points. It's Gabriel. It's redemption. It's everything. And obviously it was given and it was an amazing feeling. It was a bit, for the for the younger viewers, you're not going to know what I mean, but it's a bit Roy the Rovers stuff. And um, it was just, it was well-deserved as well. I mean, I, we, we deserve to win that game. What oh, yeah. Fulham did, they just parked a bus and then caught us on the break. Um, well, they didn't even catch us on the break. They, you know, Gabriel gave him the ball. But uh, they they will not, to me, I don't think Fulham will go down. I think you're all right, uh, middle of the table. They were not easy to beat. And that's what's upset me about the idiot comments of Richard Keyes and Andy Gray, who many, many, many years ago, and obviously I'm a lot older than all of you, I grew up with Andy Gray playing for Everton, always respected him when he came out as a, you know, a pundit. Richard Keyes, I didn't mind early on. But they've just become like bitter old men, you know. When did it? When would have Andy Gray? I'd like to ask Andy Gray this. Andy Gray scores in the last few minutes to to beat a team two one when you're losing one nil, and he wouldn't have want the Evertonians to celebrate. Is that what he's trying to say? Because he's utter crap, and that that pissed me off. And I did I did tweet them. Not that they probably even read it, but I did tweet them. Um, and yes, the place went went mental, but no more mental, which is bizarre, than it had been all game. Mm -hmm. So th this is what you've got to experience the atmosphere to understand what I mean. Chris will know what I mean. It was just a bit louder because everyone's been like this from minute one, all around the ground. So as I, as I said, straight away from villain to hero, and we go two and up with four minutes to go. Well, actually, it was about in the end about. 10 minutes to go, but um, yeah, it was wonderful. You'd want it to be Gabriel. Absolutely. Dan, the thing, the, the, this, this thing about the celebration, the celebration police, 
I actually love it because it means everyone's starting to hate us again. And and for us to be hated, I remember George Graham saying, you know, a saying from George Graham, um, everybody hates us. It's okay. It's part of our history. You can't, you know, yesterday that, you know, that quote comes through so bad. The BBC, Sky Sports, being Sports, Talk Sport. They're all talking us. They're all talking about us again. They're all having a go at us again. I don't know about you, Danny, but I absolutely love it when that happens. Yeah, it is, and they're not. We aren't getting enough credit. You look at other strikers this season: Nunes, sixty-four million; Rakowson, sixty; Alexander Isk, sixty million. We got we got um, Jesus for forty-five million. He'll outscore all of those this season. And that's and I think things like we got bargains like that and Zinchenko as a bargain, they hate it. And this must be people like uh, like Andy Gray and that lot. They, this must so remind them of, of the early George Graham days when we had all the young players coming through the academy, and now we've got them coming through again. And back in the day, we added players like Alan Smith and um, Kevin Richardson and uh, Brian Marwood and all these other ones that came in that just just topped it off a little bit, made it a little bit better. And then later on, when Wenger was there, we had more um, young players coming through, like Henri and Vieira. And, uh, and then we brought in some already proven players like Overmars and Lundberg and Perez, and, and then Bergkamp, of course. And then they must look at this and go, oh, we thought Arsenal were done. And now they're not, but they're not making enough about Man City conceding goals like it's going out of fashion. Or Liverpool, we've got five points this season. We're seven points ahead of Liverpool. Or all these teams are letting in goals. Or Spurs are only barely manage, managing to win games with a dodgy penalty. Um, that, that I didn't see his second goal because I turned it off, but he missed the the penalty for, uh, that would have made it two 0 Not been overly impressive. And if that if Rickardson would have been playing for us and the way he rolled away around today, you saw the slow motion replay. The bloke didn't even touch him. He's rolling around like he's just been been disemboweled. And if that was an Arsenal player, that'd be fun. That'd be a, a whole three hour show on Talksport. <laughs> but they don't. They hate it. And, and yeah, they know, that's because we're a big club. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, you're right. And they hate it. And this is just the beginning. We know this is going to get better and better and better. Now, the only thing I'm worried about is when Arte is Arteta going to leave sooner or later? Because he's shown that you let him do it his way and then things are going to work out. And other clubs must be looking at that and going, well, Pepe's yesterday's man, isn't he? In uh, Man City, you're going to be looking for someone, and hopefully, he's going to go. No, the club believed in me, the owners believed in me. I'm staying forever. Can I just say as well? I just put a comment in the chat. The reason they're talking about this is because it's become relevant. We weren't re we weren't relevant before. We are now relevant. Look, top of the league after four games means absolutely nothing. We're enjoying it, living the moment, and we we have every right to celebrate every goal in any way we want. I couldn't care less. We'll talk about the Saliba chant in a moment, but the fact that it's getting up people's noses is brilliant. <laughs> it's just I do. I love it. It's it just means we're back because you're dead right. Like, we've been so irrelevant for, for the last, oh, God knows how many years. You know, no one really cares about what Arsenal are doing or how we're getting on. But what I, what I am, I suppose, at the moment, like, you're dead right, Amanda, in what you say. As football supporters, look, I think us four here and I think any Arsenal, any Arsenal fan that's got their head screwed on, right, knows that we're not winning the title, right? Although, the last time we did win the title... We won four games on the Don't trot. you speak for me. Thank right? you. Okay. So I'm not like Mystic Craig or anything like that. And I don't, you know, I don't believe in hoodoo, but hey. But anyway, look, I think um I think we all know that we're not going to win the league, right? 
But we can do is what we can do is a fan. Give us again. What we can do as a fan as a fan base is enjoy what yeah. we're seeing at the moment. And we're seeing four. We've seen four wins on the trot. We're top of the league. Why can't we enjoy it? But I do worry, um, Chris. I'll come to you on this one. I do worry about what's going to happen. Say, for example, on Wednesday, let's say we get beat. Um, and, and it's all doom and gloom again because we lost to Villa and Arteta's got to be out and he's Pep Cone man and he's this and he's that. Perhaps I should stop taking too much uh, notice of social media because it sounds because I mean it probably sounds like I am, but um, I don't think that's going to happen this time. I don't think you know in football you win games, you lose games, it happens. That's what you know, that's what you know when you go fishing. You don't always catch a fish. That's why it's not called catching. It's called fishing. Because otherwise it would be called catching. Um, True. You know, we're going to lose. There's going to be times when we're going to lose games. There's going to be times when we're going to play poorly and lose. And there's going to be times when we're going to play poorly and win. We've just got to take every game as it comes, Chris. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, as Amanda said, you don't speak from me when you talk about winning the league. You don't speak from me. Because if we win the next five games in a row, I might start making some comments on this channel. But right now, <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue. I think you are spot on as well when your comments about social media, because there is, again, I know I, I appreciate the irony of talking on a online social media channel right now. But there is, I say this to people, there is real life and there is the online social media. And real life and social media, two very different things. I talk to people on social media and I re meet them in real life. And it's like I expect them to be vivacious and the life and soul of the party. And they're almost like shrinking violets. And I'm like, wow, you're very different from your, from your online persona. And that's because real life and social media, two totally different things. And it's exactly the same thing with the Arsenal fan base. In fact, I'm willing to put my neck out and say... 99% of the people that are a bit mental on social media, actually, if you go into a pub with them and talk about Arsenal and they're proper Arsenal fans, you'd come out of that pub going, well, no, actually, they're mental, but turns out they're normal people. So there's the social media hyperbole and there is the reality in the stadium. And so Wednesday night, we lose to Villa. I think what will happen, if we go behind against Villa, let's just say we go behind 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 50 minutes, 80 minutes. As we showed on yesterday, this this crowd will get behind the team. We will roar on the team because that is exactly what we've been doing because there is belief in this team. There is belief that we can do this. You know, we can, we'll support you. And as a collective, we've realised that we're better getting behind you than grumbling and it's it's a self-fulfilling pro prophecy really isn't it because if you believe in the team then and you cheer on the team when they're behind then they get up and they they get up for it a little bit more and they're motivated a little bit more and again the all or nothing showed us Mikel Arteta has worked really really hard on trying to drill this into the players and as Danny said like you know he was talking about let's keep Mikel Arteta around you know Danny, myself, you, we've all had our doubts about him, but 
what we've seen in the last six months, what we've uh, what we've watched, we're all now a bit more bought in. And if you're one of those mega negs that isn't bought into Arteta because of your own mental narrative, then you know. I feel sorry for you because this is an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan. I it makes you wonder what the go on, go on, go on, Amanda. No, 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 go on, Dan. Uh, it makes you wonder what the people who have made a career off the back of Arsenal being shit are going to do. Boot the mega heads. <laughs> well, just... what they're going to do? <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength. I, I don't know how they're going to cope. I actually yeah. don't know how some have coped this weekend, and I don't know how they're going to cope, but. But going back to, you know, a little bit more serious, if we lose on Wednesday night, we lose on Wednesday night. We just go on to the next game. We are going to lose eventually. We are going to lose. And we are going to lose. We're going to lose when we're playing well as well, because that's life. I tell you, that, you know, it's really interesting. When you watch City at the moment, that Haaland, wow. All I'm going to say is he's got to be one of the best players in the quickest amount of time in the Premier League I've ever seen. What a huh? unit. What is it's different? Haaland, you know, I've you know, obviously they're what they're two nil down. I've got city mates, and they were saying at half time they couldn't see a win out of anything, they were massively injury prone. Oh, good. (laughs) He regularly he'll miss a quarter, a third of the season through injuries because he's such a beast. He's such a beast, that's the word. And and I, I look at them and you know. Chris and I probably live in a little bit of a dream world, but but why can't we win the league if Leicester did it and we could? Realistically, I get what you're saying, Craig, you know, um, probably not, but you can still dream about it. Um, Amanda, sorry to interrupt, 1998. I'm just going to say that, 1998. Yeah, all we've got to do is win 34 more games and we've won it. But, yeah, we exactly. Do. You know, when, we left the sta- when we left the stadium yesterday, uh, Carl shouted out 34 more cup finals and we won the league it's so true and i will credit that to my carl but um you know looking at city in 98 city weren't city um chris and it's they were just shitty they're just a different on a different plane okay (laughs) but but what i will say is if there are injuries coming and we do lose games I, i just feel we'll get behind the team and this generally started, and I will have to say this, last season, probably halfway through, with the away fans, the support the away fans gave. It wasn't, the Emirates wasn't as great as now, but it wasn't bad. But the away fans were the ones that started this. We used to see losing games. They were still chanting, you know, Super Mick Arteta. They were singing Saka and ESR. They just kept going. And I think it's rubbed off on a lot of the home fans. Um, doing away games... It is amazing being with the away fans. I've always loved it. It's it's just a different, yeah. You know, oh God, different gravy, as they say. But I think I think look, we've just got to play each game as it comes. And if you can't enjoy it now, and and you're still looking for faults, you really shouldn't be a football fan of any club. Because when do you enjoy it if you're not if you're not enjoying the Arsenal now? I agree with you. If you're not if 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 you're if you're not enjoying this, then you're just a hater. And it, yeah. and it's just as simple as that. Football is not your game. Arsenal is not for you. Just go and support someone else. Because, you know, I'm not interested anymore. Um, do you know, I go out on the window. I used to be worried about what people... I used to be worried about what people... How can I make this... Up? 
I used to be worried about what people thought of me as a fan. I used to I used to worry about what people thought of me about back in Arteta. But now I couldn't care less. What I believe is what I believe, what you believe is what you believe. I'm not going to argue with you about it anymore. But if you if you genuinely can't see, even after the documentary, even after these four games, there's something different happening in our club. And if you can't see that again, um, you're just a hater and you're just football's not for you. Football isn't for you. If the Two man yesterday, films, I thought they were all brilliant. Sorry, Dan. If the Arsenal were a set of films, we're halfway through Rocky One. Wait till Rocky <laughs> Four gets here. Wait till Rocky Four gets here. I like that. Love it. <laughs> I love Can it, I just yeah. say something that um, Chris said, and I, I've been realising this the last couple of months. The people on social media and the people that go to the game are very different as well. Um, people, are, I, I just like did this little survey at half time last week. I just spoke to a young boy in front of me. I said, "Are you on social media?" He went, "No, not really." I said, oh, okay, how old are you? He goes, late 20s. So I said, you don't realise... So if, I, if I'd have listed off a lot of, say, big social media accounts, he wouldn't have known. He just goes to the football, enjoys it. A lot mm. of people are not on social media that go to the Arsenal. So when you see these accounts uh, trying to get likes and God knows what else, it, it's just not... I can't say the word genuine, but it's not. It is for their media profile. And that's great. Everyone does what they want to do. I'm not here to criticise Craig. I've never been bothered what anyone thinks about me, as you know. I'll say what I've got to say, whether anyone agrees or not. Um, but, but Chris, you know, because you've met me, I'm no different, am I, to what I'm like here. I've She's totally known... different. Honestly, I met Amanda <laughs> for the quiet. first time. She was like, good afternoon, sir. Would you like a cup of tea? I think we'll have caviar and champagne at the local distributor. I'm it's from very Essex, very so don't speak like bizarre. It. It's totally bizarre. It's I mean, bizarre. I, I like it. the word bizarre. But, have you none but, of the large ones? <laughs> but yeah, you do yeah. find the keyboard... I, I could never be called a keyboard warrior because I'm no different as in on social media, at work, with my family or at the Arsenal. I'm just just me. But generally when you do meet people, Chris is right, they're quieter. There's, there's one guy on uh, social media that's so funny. But when you meet him, he's just not got that persona. So it's, it's just weird. But everyone should just have the one objective. And the one objective is to want to see the Arsenal Absolutely. win everything. And that's it. Absolutely. Chris, um. I see you've, you've typed in the... Because uh, we do have private chat here, you know. We mm, do have we private do. chat people can't see. Um, you wanted to talk about the Zinchenko and anything. Um, I thought Nenny done well yesterday. I, I, I thought he filled in quite well. Done the simple things correctly. Um, done the simple things right. And um, went home and had his dinner. <laughs> what do you reckon, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a massive El Nenny fan. I'm not a massive El Nenny fan either. Five million pounds he cost us. Five million pounds! He owes us nothing. And I thought he'd done all right yesterday. Like I said, he'd done the simple things correctly. All right. He might stand out as not being one of the best players. We all know he's not one of the best players. He's not going to go in his leagues. But at the end of the day, he walked off. We won the game. I think from my head, so so... I think the Sinchenko thing is more interesting than the Elneny stuff because Elneny, the Elneny to party drop, we all know, is fairly obvious, or party to Elneny drop is fairly obvious because 
if you watch like a heat map of a heat map of El Nini's past distribution, it's basically all lateral stuff that's like simple and a bit meh. Whereas parties a lot more progressive. And a game like yesterday, I don't want to get into the whole transfer rumors nonsense, but even if you drop in a game like yesterday, you drop someone like Tielemans into a El Nenny position yesterday, and there's lots of people who say oh, you can't play that position, blah, blah blah blah. But when you're having 70 odd possession or percent possession at home or teams like that, someone like Tielemans could play there because essentially he's receiving the ball and then looking for that forward pass. I just think it gives us more. And so I think there's a bit of a drop there that an upgrade from a transfer window perspective could be beneficial for us. If oh, we're totally, not having to... totally agree with you. I'm not saying that Elneny is the answer by any stretch of the imagination. Um, totally agree with you. But he done us a job yesterday and I think he done it well. Um, yes, that position is going to need upgrading if we're serious about top four this year because, as we know, Partey since he's come to Arsenal has a horrendous injury record. Never had an injury at Real Madrid in 10 years, by the way. Um, mm. uh, sorry, not uh, Real Madrid, Athletic Madrid. Um, ne never had an injury there comes to Arsenal. He's had about four. But yeah, you're, I'm not saying that he's the answer. Could Coles just put in there? He played like he cost five million <laughs> and we, we missed party. We certainly did, Cole. But all I'm trying to say is that I thought he'd done well, and uh, you know he came off the pitch to win. I went home and had his dinner. Um, it is, it is too much of a drop, though. For he can do that against uh, lower league teams and Europa League, but with that, that is on a FIFA rating. That's going from a a nine out of ten player like Party going down to a five out of ten player like El Nenny on on maybe on his day a six, six and a half. But that is much too, way too much of a drop. Mm. We do need yeah. someone else in. We do. Okay. We do. It's more important the Zinchenko stuff. Sorry, the Zinchenko to Tierney. So I I don't think Tierney... It's not a problem because Tierney is a get the ball, kick and run. He beats his man. He cuts back. And that will be beneficial to us. And I think there's certain value to it. And I'm not for a second suggesting we should bin off Tierney because I think there'll be games where Zinchenko will cause us problems as opposed to Tierney. But I feel like you could tell in a game like yesterday, you could tell that Zinchenko maybe would have been a, a very valuable option for us in the way that we're playing at the moment. Absolutely. Look, transfer window is upon us. Um, there is a question coming. We'll do a quick question because I know some people are stuck with time and we are nearly at the end. Melissa says, do you think they will... Do you think we will get someone else in on the transfer window, especially with a potential party injury on the cards? I'll start. We have to bring someone in the midfield. We have to bring someone in midfield before the end of the window. Mikhail Arteta has pointed towards the transfer window being a uh, being a powerful ending. Um, that's his own words. Uh, to translate that to anyone who doesn't understand, that means a madness. Now, we haven't seen a madness at Arsenal for God knows how long. I think the last madness we saw was... I mean, real madness. Check. The Mercer Ozil <laughs> signing, I think, wasn't it? I mean, that's yeah. the last real madness where a player just pops up out of nowhere of that. What what day is quality. the transfer ending? What day? Thursday. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Oh, okay. So I think they are going to bring someone in, Craig. I, do too. I think we'll see two more. I think we're going to see two more in. I think it'll, I think it'll be a bit about us uh, that night. Quite a bit about us. I think so. Dan, what do you, what do you add? 
all about balancing the books at the moment roughly we've let six hundred thousand pound a week's worth of wages get out the club and we've brought in three hundred and sixty thousand mm. uh, pepe's on 140 apparently nisa paying uh, roughly a hundred grand don't quote me on that uh, as soon as bellerin leaves before the window it's probably going to be a contract cancellation on both parts he'll walk away and we won't have to give him any money that's another hundred grand that's when we're going to see when I mean, that's 200 grand we're going to save that's uh that'll pay the wages of, of a couple of players to come in because uh I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the players, Leno, 100 grand, Ramsdale is on 60 grand. All these players that we've been getting out, apart from uh, Jesus, all the replacements are all on maybe half of the money that the, they're the players they were replacing with. And that's the future. That's where they're going forward. And, uh, yeah, we, we need a defensive midfielder and we maybe need someone on the right side. Yeah, I, I think we'll bring... I, I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping we bring in. But I, I mean, I'd love to see Pedro Neto, Neto arrive at the Emirates um, on Thursday. I'd love to see that signing done. I think it'd be great cover for Saka. Um, and, and, and and not only great cover for Saka, but another player to push Saka, um, you know, to, to get the full potential for him. I, think we, I do think we see another central midfielder come in. I hope it's Tielemans. Um, I really, I, I agree with Chris. I think it's someone like Tielemans is who we need. And I think he fits. Um, free Yuri. <laughs> That's a new hashtag, lads. That's a new hashtag. We must keep banging that out and say, oh, look at that for a picture. Danny what in the bar. Oh, so oh, my oh, God. I've never seen it yet. Is that your penis? <laughs> is that a sponge or was that your willy? Dan, you're on mute. For the audio listeners, please. For the audio, for the audio wow. listeners, Dan has just produced on camera a picture of him lying in the bath um, <gasps> with what looks like a sponge <laughs> over his private parts. Now, just before we go, Danny, can you unmute yourself? Just yes. before we go, I would like to know whether that was a sponge or was that your willy? That was a. My neighbours just come in with some Amazon stuff, and I thought, oh, I'll put myself and uh, turn the camera off. Oh, it's that fit picture that I use for myself. It's just me <laughs> and my brother's bath, and that's a big sponge covering everything up. I forgot that was there. I normally only use that for my. Chris comes up with the uh, hashtag free Yuri. I'm going to change it to free Willie. Free. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. I mean, I've, I've, I've tweeted pictures of me naked laying on the bed, leaning on one shoulder before. So that's nothing. <laughs> that's but fine. I should have changed it for this show. I didn't know it was there. Paint <laughs> oh, no, me like one of your French girls. <laughs> everyone, the problem is, Danny, everyone on audio is going to be gutted that they've missed yeah, this. Oh, that's for we sure. missed a picture of Danny lying in the bar. Um, before we go, we do have to talk about the Saliba. We do have to talk about what Arsenal did at the end of the game. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I mean, the video so, you sent me. I mean, the video you sent me that we put up on so that we put up on Twitter went mental. I think it's got about fifteen thousand views. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. So it literally full time win, and they start playing the song. Well, of course, you've just won in the last few minutes. It is a beautiful sunny evening in August. No one, and I shouldn't blanket that, but most people haven't left the ground. We're still all in our seats, and all of a sudden we're all dancing to the... Do, do, do. It's just brilliant. I've never... I felt like I soused out of the Emirates yesterday, and it was just incredible. We were there for ages after. And, I, you know, I think that's what the celebration police are missing. Arsenal mm. put that on. And we all started singing the Saliba song. And then the videos, yeah, and a lot of people have done what I've done, taking the videos, and it's it's fantastic to see. And the people that criticise, you, you just, you need to get a life. 
Oh, really do you know what? I'm going to jump in. Do you know what? FC UK, the celebration police. Do you know, you do what you want to do. We're Arsenal fans. Let's have fun. We're going to keep having fun. Life's too short to mess around with uh, these idiots that are going to celebration. Yep. They're going to try and they're going to try and censor what we want to do. We're have fun. Let's keep our songs. Let's keep having fun. I don't care about anyone that's not an Arsenal fan. Crack on. Let's enjoy ourselves. Do what yeah. you want. Exactly. Exactly. Lads and lasses, it's been absolutely uh, amazing to speak to you this evening. I love speaking to you um, once a week about, well, it's not once a week, is it? It's every day. We're in the WhatsApp groups pinging, 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 pinging. But you know what I mean? To sit down with you and talk um, about our great club is is great. Um, great therapy for after the game. Great therapy um, for us all, I think. Everybody who's been uh, listening on audio, thank you very much for your constant support on the audio, on the Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever it is you get your podcast. It's on loads of places that I never even put it on. I Google same old Arsenal podcast, and it comes up on every single podcast out there there is. But um, I never put them on there. Someone put them on there. But thanks for that, whoever you are. Um, but they're, it's there. They're, it's everywhere. It's on Google. It's, it's on Apple. It's on Spotify. It's on a cast. It's everywhere. Thank you very much for all you guys come back, watch us live. It's really, really, truly humbling to see all the same people um, that were in the chat that have come back and that welcomed us back and welcomed me back. And, and it, But look, I welcome you back. It's great to have you all back. It's something we're going to continue doing. We had a little chat. We said, well, why not? Let's do it back live again. Um, yes, we've changed. Things have changed. Some of the people are not here that I think some of you would like to see. But look, all I'll say to them, all I'll say to that is they've all got their own channels. You know where to find them. I'm top appreciative of everyone who's ever been on this show, um, especially those guys, Dan, Mark, Harry, um, Nigel and Mark and um, Graham. They helped me put the podcast on the map. But things change. Things move on and we've moved on. And this is, you know, we're still here. That's the main thing. We're still here talking about Arsenal, putting a show out every week. Um, so, yeah, from the bottom of my heart, thanks ever so much um, for, for coming back and supporting us. We'll see you next week. Um, we haven't got a game next Sunday, have we? Oh, we do. Is it Sunday? So we've Wednesday. got Villa Wednesday night. Yeah. Then we've got the transfer Wednesday ending Thursday. Then I've got a show Friday. Mm -hmm. Then we've got United on the Sunday. So Ooh, are we doing a post-game? Post yeah, oh, we're not doing a post-game on Monday. No, no, no. We Monday. don't podcast right after a game. Is <laughs> that only I do that? Mean, we say things we don't mean, and we say we we, we say things that um, we say things that uh, we regret. So we don't do podcast. That's one rule. That's one rule. We digest so you'll it. You'll be back Monday week. So we'll be back Monday week. But Amanda, you'll be here with the Always Arsenal show on Friday. Yes, yeah, so and who Friday, are your guest fees on Friday? Oh, well, I'm a bit earlier on Friday. I'm doing seven o'clock on Friday with Mr. Mark Goldbridge is coming back, the United fan who let me tell you something. He does these watch alongs and everything. He has like twenty-five thousand people watch a watch along. I'll never get it, but each to their own. Everyone enjoy what they enjoy. So he'll be back seven o'clock with me on Saturday, uh, Friday night. I'm really honoured he's coming back. So he doesn't do podcasts with anyone else, apparently. So, yeah, this good. Friday. Oh, you bloody PM. wallies! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just brilliant. He's such a nice guy. He's been on You're before. You're about as good as a chocolate teapot. And can I just <laughs> say that everyone in the chat, will you come and support me? Because he brings hundreds and hundreds of United nah, fans great, with him. I it love, is great. I, but I, I need you all people... in the chat on uh, Friday at 7 o'clock. 
he's great. He's brilliant. I, I, I think he's fantastic. Um, some of the stuff he comes out with is, I mean, some of the, the, the stuff he says off the cuff, his brain must be working overtime to come up with those one-liners because they're absolutely fantastic. Amanda, thanks for joining me this evening. My my utter, my utter, utter highest thanks for for you being here. Thank you very much. Thank you, and well done to you. Big up to Craig, oh, everybody. I was a no, bit of a wreck. I'm, no, you're brilliant. No one knows you're a wreck. Just yeah, well, no, I was. What you I, I've been a wreck all day thinking about going live again. So, um, but we did it. I'm over it. Over the first one, Danny boy. Thank you very much indeed, sir. Your presence is loved as always. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Good to see you getting back into doing it. You're the, the ever constant of why everybody keeps coming back to your pod. Absolutely. Oh, thank, well, I wouldn't say that, mate. I'll put that down to the quality of guests. But uh, thank you very much for saying that. Any um, Burkham Wonderlands coming back? Or any oh, bloody back Any this week? By the end of this month, we'll have done 23 shows in a month. Wow. Good God. So I, I'm, I lose track of what's going on. I think we've got, uh, what day is it tomorrow? I'm doing one later tonight at 10 o'clock. I've got Glenn from New York coming oh, on Glenn, the Sunday, on the Sunday roast. And that is going to be an absolute nightmare because neither of us are ever going to get to the point of any story. <laughs> I'm going to watch that. That's going to be a good one, actually. Yeah, I do love Glenn. 10 o'clock. Absolutely brilliant. I love Glenn. Uh, Chris, thank you very much, mate, for giving up your time. I know you're I know you're with family. Thank you very much for giving me an hour of your time. Go and enjoy your beef that I hope has been put on in your absence. He, my father, will be passive-aggressively uh, messaging me, no doubt. But this is more enjoyable than anything. So, lovely, mate. Thank you very much. And again, my last thanks goes to you all. We'll see you all on Monday, hopefully celebrating another six points. And with Tielemans and Pedro Nettles. Pedro Nettles? Nettles? Where have I got That's that his from? name from now on, Pedro Nettles. Pedro Nettles. <laughs> hopefully Pedro Nettles will be Gunas, uh, along with Tielemans. Let's keep our fingers crossed until we see you again. Take care of yourselves and each other and up the Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.